Church, over the next couple weeks, uh, we get to do something that actually I love to do, is talk about who we are as a church and where we're going. And so I want to encourage you, please be around the next couple weekends, as we're going to be talking about the mission that God has given us as a church, and get to celebrate together that, truthfully, that we are the church. Well, one of the things that also is happening this fall as summer's ending, our staff team has been working hard to really follow up on even the series that Grant's been doing here about hearing God, is we wanted to provide some classes where we can develop and go further in our faith. And so if you want to, on your way out, you want to kind of get ahead of us, um, because this will be starting in the next few weeks, grab one of these uh, flyers out there. It tells all about the classes we're doing, um, some ways that you can invest in yourself spiritually and, and really become more involved around here, or even some uh, communities that you can join so where you, where you can get spiritual inspiration from others. So we just definitely want to focus on that in the fall and just want to let you know that over the next couple of weeks we'll be talking all about that. But today, you're going to be finishing your series on the God Who Hears. So yep. Grant, take it away. We'll wrap it up. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate that. Good morning, church. Labor Day, 80 degrees outside, and you're in here with me. Wow, you are dedicated people. Last night when we got the word right before the service that uh, Don had passed away, it just reinforced in my mind again the thought that God speaks most loudly in our pain. And I, I hope this week you'll give us just a little bit of grace. We are doing multiple funerals uh, here at the church and uh, we try to give our whole heart to that when families are hurting. And so if you could just give us a little slack, if we don't get back to your phone call as quick as we should, um, we'd just appreciate a little bit of understanding. I don't know how you hear God, but I hear God most clearly when I run. There's just something about being outside by myself with nothing but the sound of my breathing and my footsteps that, that just kind of opens up my heart to hear what God has to say. So let me start this morning with a question. How would you answer this question? I hear God most clearly when I am blank. I mean, I asked that question to a number of people this past week, and the amazing thing was that all of the answers were unbelievably different. A number of people have said that, that they hear God most clearly when they're alone by themselves, just simply reading the Word. Others said they hear God the most often while they're in their car, and, and they turn everything else off, and, and just the hum of their tires just allows them to be able to hear God speak. Others said that God talked to them in the shower, which is weird to me because um, I know that God's everywhere. I just don't want Jesus in my shower, just being straight, okay? One person said that God speaks to me in the cracks of silence in church. Another said God speaks to me most clearly when I'm quiet long enough to allow the thoughts in my head to dwindle and the to-do list to fade into the background and I actually listen rather than speak. Another said, I hear God most clearly when I'm worshiping and praising Him. Another said, I hear God most clearly when I'm rocking my infant baby boy to sleep at night. All of the answers solidified our assertion for this series, that God is constantly and creatively speaking to His children. All of the time, God is speaking. We learned in week number one that Jesus, God, speaks through His voice, His Son, His Spirit, His Word, His people, His direction in our lives. He speaks through silence, through prophecy, through dreams and vision. And we just understood that God is creative when it comes to how He whispers to our children. I mean, we started, we started the series off talking about this crazy guy, the prophet Elijah. And if you asked Elijah, God, how does, or Elijah, how does God most clearly speak to you? I think he would have said, outside, in the midst of a bunch of craziness. Because that was his life. We all hear God differently. 
I mean, listen to the words of King David as he says this, For God alone, O my soul, I wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. David is saying here that my heart is different. It's personal because God's involved. I believe it's biblical to say this. There is one God, and yet we all have a different personal relationship with Him that expresses itself differently. I mean, the reality is this. Terry hears God differently than Grant does, and that's awesome. Max, you hear God differently than Grant does. Jordan hears God differently than Grant does. And it's amazing to me that God is unbelievably creative and diverse in the way that He speaks to each and every one of us. Gary Thomas is a close personal friend. If you were here this summer and you had an opportunity to hear him, Gary showed up and he did a marriage seminar and then he also did a message here called Pure Pleasure. It was just absolutely fantastic. Gary showed up a couple of years ago at a staff training and he, he brought a book along with him that in, in, in that moment of my life I needed to hear from. The book was called Sacred Pathways. I was kind of stuck in a spiritual rut and Gary's work it just opened a new door in my soul. Gary studied scripture and he studied hundreds of years of church history. And he discovered that location and style have a huge impact on how people hear from God. And in his book, Gary describes nine sacred pathways that just allow God and people to connect at a completely different level. Okay? I was taught there was only one way to hear from God. It happened in the morning when you did your morning devotions. Okay? I was told if you're a good Christian, you get up early... You read your Bible, you talk to Jesus, and then you go about your day. Here was my problem. I hate morning. I don't like it. And I have a mild distaste for morning people too, just so you know, okay? <laughs> Something about these cheery, chirpy people before 8 a.m., it's like, no, okay? I believe if God wanted us to enjoy morning, He would have put it later in the day. Just my opinion, okay? And, and I'm not a voracious reader. I don't like having to have, I mean, I just can't, sometimes just reading is not my favorite thing to do. And I'm prone to embrace ADD. I mean, that's kind of my brain. My brain is like, squirrel, that's how it works, okay? That's just how it works. So you tell a guy like me that the only way to hear from God is to get up early in the morning and read and that God will talk to you. I'm like, ah, no, not my world. I mean, it is not good when you're trying to connect with God and the way that you've been told to connect with God, the formula that you've been given just makes you cranky. That is not a good combination. I needed to find another way. And I hope this morning you'll walk away with maybe a couple of other options as to how you might connect deeply with a God who just desperately wants to talk to you. The pathways we're going to talk about are deeply rooted in Scripture, and they are expressions of the creativity of God. So let's dive in, okay? Here's the first sacred pathway. It's naturalists. These are people who love God out of doors, okay? Pastor Frank Talbot is a naturalist. When Frank wants to hear from God, he goes hiking, okay? He loves creation, and he can hear God in the stream, in the wind, and in the sun. Naturalists love to connect with God in God's playground, Okay? A naturalist gets it when they hear David say these words from Scripture. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. And yet their voice goes out into all of the earth. Their words to the end of the world. 
In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other, and nothing is deprived of its warmth. If you get that, you're probably a naturalist. David, Moses, Jacob, Jesus, connected with God out of doors. St. Francis of Assisi, beautiful picture of a naturalist. If God is closest to you when you're on the water or on a mountain, you've found a sacred pathway. Now, naturalists, be careful. We are never to worship nature. We are to worship the God who created nature for our enjoyment. We're all clear on that one? Okay. If you love the words, when through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. If that just does something in your heart, you're probably a naturalist. And the fact that you're in church on a morning like this today is truly a miracle from God. <laughs> I'll be brief so you can get out, okay? If that resonates, you're on the right path. Here's another pathway. It's sensates. Okay, don't let the name freak you out, okay? It's not weird. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Some of us are wired to experience God through our senses. We connect with God when we visually see a beautiful painting that takes our eyes towards heaven. We connect with God through the smell of perfectly baked cinnamon rolls. A little piece of heaven, you know? <clears throat> our heart swells when, when we hear beautiful music and it points our hearts towards Christ. We're the people that love to come to a Good Friday service and we, and, and we like it when somebody puts a nail in our hand and we get an opportunity just to hold it. It's tactile, we can feel it. We connect with God when we can touch it and see it and hear it. Now, sensates, we've got to be careful that we don't idolize beauty or that we don't get caught chasing experiences. The prophet Ezekiel was a sensate. He felt the visions God gave him. John, who wrote Revelation, showed us his sensate side because he vividly paints these word pictures in the book of Revelation. If that res resonates with you, you're, you're on the right path. Here's another one, traditionalists. These are people who love God through ritual and symbol. Okay, I love communion. There's something about examining my heart and then holding the symbols in my hand, the bread and the cup. I'm so moved when I stand in line like everybody else at CTK and another broken human being looks me in the eye and says, the body and blood of Christ for you. I've got an unsafe friend who once came to church here while we were doing communion and he asked me a beautiful, honest question when we were finishing. He's like, What's with the shot glass and the cracker? He thought that was the cheapest excuse for a snack he has ever seen anywhere. If you're a traditionalist, you would love to explain the answer to that question. You'd love to say, oh, no, no, you don't understand. These symbols, they mean everything to us. They're the essence of the gospel. Jesus was broken for us. His blood was spilled for us. It's the greatest gift we could ever receive. Now, we've got to be careful, tradi traditionalists, that we don't replace the real God with a symbol. If you read your Old Testament, Ezra was a traditionalist. He loved the law and the feasts and the fasts and the sacrifices and the ceremony. He found beauty in the tradition of his faith. If you like the bells and the smells together, that's, this is your traditionalist. 
And if that resonates with you, you're on the right path. Here's another one, ascetics. Okay, don't let the name freak you out. This is people who love God in solitude and simplicity. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. If you do that, if you can be still, you may be an ascetic. If you're twitchy and the thought of silence kind of drives you crazy, you're probably not an ascetic, okay? If you connect with God in silence, if, if you need to be alone, solitary, set apart, then this is probably your pathway. If you connect with God through fasting, through silent retreats, through living just a very disciplined, simple lifestyle, if, if you actually see hardship as a way of, of connecting deeper with God, if, if the meditation on Scripture is what you do, this is probably the path for you. And you are so different than I am, but praise God for the difference. Now be careful, ascetics. We can isolate so much and love to be on our own so much that we will literally disobey biblical commands for community. So we've got to hold that in balance. Here's the next one, activists. These are people who love God through confrontation. Okay, don't elbow anybody right now, okay? Leave them alone, all right? They will activate on you, okay? If you connect with God through a cause, you're an activist. If your blood boils when you come to church because you see people disengaged and all you can think of is, I want to light a fire under their backside, you're probably an activist. <laughs> I mean, if something just stirs inside of you, if you see the church as a mighty tortoise that's just not moving fast enough and you want to strap turbo engines onto that turtle, you're probably an activist, all right? If you like wrestling with issues, if you like convincing everyone that you are right then you are married. No, okay, then you're an activist. <laughs> okay, you're an activist. The prophets were activists. If this scripture resonates with you, you're probably an activist. Psalm 68, let God arise. May his enemies be shattered. When you went out before the people, O oh God, when you marched through the wasteland, the earth shook and the heavens poured out rain before God. And the Lord announced the word and great was the company who proclaimed it. If you went and saw Braveheart and said, yes, you're an activist. If you wanted to walk into church and throw a sword in the middle of the room and say, freedom, you're an activist. If you want justice for the oppressed and help for the poor, you're an activist. The Apostle Paul was an activist. He wanted to stir it up. If your faith can't help but have feet, you're an activist. And you're on the right path. Here's another one, caregivers. These are people who love God by loving others. If your greatest joy is to make a meal for somebody with great care and then to take it over to them in an act of mercy and grace, you're a caregiver. If you like going to the hospital, visiting the sick, you're a caregiver. Mary, the sister of Lazarus, Barnabas, James, they were all caregivers. Jesus, who perfectly embodies all of these, was a caregiver. Scripture says the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. We've got a team of ladies here at our church whose simple job is to care for the body of Christ. I call them the care bears. And they hear God most clearly when they are actively loving somebody and being the hands and feet of Jesus when somebody's hurting. If that's you, you're on the right path. Here comes a favorite of mine. These are enthusiasts. These are people who love God with mystery and celebration. 
okay? If you love passionate worship that moves your soul and God meets you in that passion, your path may may be that of an enthusiast. If I read these words and it stirs something in you, shout for joy all the earth, burst into jubilant song with music. If that stirs you, you may have found your pathway. I have a little of this in me, okay? I grew up quiet and reverent in church and one day somebody like pulled the cork on that. I'm like, woo, let's talk. Let's shout a little bit. Let's light it up. Let's move something around. Let's kind of stir what's going on in here. I mean, that's just, I love that. I like to shout for Jesus. I like to celebrate the goodness of God. I like not to brag about what I've done for him. I like to brag about what he did for me. I mean, there's just something about the cross that compels me to lift my voice and talk a little bit louder. People think I'm nuts. I don't care. It's my pathway and I'll shout if I want to. All right? That's how it works. David was an enthusiast. Joshua was an enthusiast. Now, enthusiasts, we got to be careful, right? Because we can get all wound up in the experience, and then we just spend our whole life going from spiritual fix to spiritual fix to spiritual fix. There's a word for that. It's called addiction. Be careful. But if that passion resonates with you, that may be your pathway. Here's another one. Contemplatives. These are people who love God through adoration. I would say this, contemplatives are not afraid to hold God's hand, okay? If Psalm 63 resonates with you, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary. I've beheld your power and your glory. Your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you're my help. I sing in the shadow of your rings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Contemplatives find God in the cracks. They're not afraid to hold hands with God. They see themselves as the beloved of God, and they want to connect with Him through adoration. They give completely of themselves to the one who gave Himself completely for them, and their whole connection is based on an intimate relationship that just thrives when God's close. Here's the last one, intellectuals. These are people who love God with their mind. Intellectuals love to connect with God with their mind. They love the words from Proverbs that say, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. So if you connect with God through literature and science and history and ethics and apologetics or systematic theology, you're probably an intellectual. Now, intellectuals, be very, very careful that you don't exalt your mind to the place of an idol. Because I will remind you, your brain was a gift from God. And none of us are that smart. Okay? I saw an amazing example of this once. I have a friend uh, that had a church, and they did a little video series called That's My God. My favorite one was this, was this chalkboard that was out in the middle of a wooded meadow, and you could tell it was nighttime. And the chalkboard was a little out of place, and off in the distance you could see a guy come walking with his dog, just out for a night walk. 
And he walked along this pathway until he came to the chalkboard. He stopped, he looked at the chalkboard, then he picked up the chalk and he started writing feverishly these mathematical computations and, and, and equations. There were numbers and brackets and, and cosine symbols and all. I mean, he, just, he filled the entire board with, with, with this mathematical equation. And then he turned and he looked at the camera and he said, this equation calculates how long it took for the light of the sun to reflect off of that moon and then hit my retina. This mathematical equation shows us how long it takes for God to show me moonlight. And then he said, what blows my mind is the fact that God did that so I wouldn't lose my dog. He goes, that's my God. So if something in you stirs, when I describe that to you, you're either a dog lover or an intellectual, all right? Can you fill in the blank for me, church? I hear God most clearly when I am blank. For some of you, it's when you've got a piece of wood in your hand and you can envision what it's going to look like when you're done your artistry on it. For others of you, it's, it's when you've got a paintbrush in your hand or a camera and you're framing a picture just perfectly to capture a little piece of God's beautiful, beautiful creation. For some of you, it's, it's writing a book. For some of you, it's sitting quietly and not saying anything at all. For others of you, it's, it, it's showing up with somebody and wiping a tear off of their cheek. I mean, there's so many different pathways. My question is, what pathway are you on? Have you chosen one? Or are you one of those people who at the beginning of the series said, I just so desperately want to hear from God, but I just don't ever feel like I do. Could it be that you've never taken a step of faith onto one of the pathways that God has laid out in front of you saying, I can connect with you there. It's how I wired you. Some of you today desperately need to go for a walk outside. Maybe you need to go without your iPod. Ooh. Maybe some of you need to shut Facebook off. We're going to go there, Grant? Let's go there, okay? Some of us need to shut some of that off because we're drowning out the voice of God who will not try and outshout us in our disattention. Some of you need to stop moving and not move at all. Some of you need to actually get up and do something. Because the whisper you hear, what if it's him? What if it's him? What do you have to lose by trying? If you're like me and you often get stuck in a rut when it comes to hearing from God and heaven often seems silent, could it be that maybe God just wants you to shift paths? Maybe you've spent your whole life walking on one and it's time to just branch out a little bit. And see whether or not God may not speak to you in a variety of ways. Do you remember the verse from Hebrews? In various times and in creative ways, God spoke to our forefathers. Could it be that God is always speaking? And that we just may have tuned Him out. Or drowned Him out. I have learned something about the God of heaven. He is a gentleman and he will not try and outbark me. 
Regardless of the path that we're called to be on, we are all called to love God and love others. But I believe we all share something in common today. I think every single one of us would love to hear God more. Here's some opportunity. Here's some open doors. Why not try one? Why not try one? I did my master's work in uh, downtown Seattle when I finished my degree before I went on, on sabbatical. It, it, it was an exercise in pain for me. The school that I went to is housed on the corner of Seneca and 6th in downtown Seattle. It's in the middle of the concrete jungle. And there's a Presbyterian church there where the school is housed, so that's where they actually have their campus. And I was dying on the vine. I'm a prairie kid from Manitoba. I like being able to see 25 miles where I came from and 25 miles where I'm going. Otherwise, I feel boxed in. I know that's not everybody's like that, right? You're just like, really? Uh-huh. I like growing up in Manitoba. My parents used to say, Grant, you can run away if you want to. Three days later, we can still see you out there anyway. So <laughs> just turn and wave and we'll come and get you. That's how it's going to work, right? But I'm in a concrete jungle sitting in intellectual classes all day where we're unpacking systematic theology and ecclesiology and I'm writing papers and, and I'm, I'm crushing through books and, and there's very smart people standing up at the front making me feel dumb because I don't understand even some of their vocabulary and, and I'm just, I'm twisted in a knot because I'm trying to hear God and it's just, it's just not there. I remember one afternoon, I got so unbelievably frustrated, I just went for a walk. I walked about three blocks along, kind of, you know, parallel with the water, and then I walked up the hill, and, and as I came around a corner, there's a little stone chapel, and the doors were open, so I thought, well, if the doors are open, maybe they're expecting company. And I walked into that little stone chapel, and it smelled like a stone chapel. And there were these beautiful old oak pews. If you didn't grow up in church, that's what they used to call seats. I don't know why, okay? And I kind of slipped in by myself. There was nobody else in the building. And it was cool, and it was quiet, and it was reverent, and it was peaceful. And I just rested there for a minute. And I heard God speak. Be still, Grant. And know that I am God. I heard Him say, let all the earth be silent before me. I heard Him say, cast all your anxiety on me, for I care for you. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. And it was like a wave of refreshment washed across because I stepped onto a pathway that God created me to be on. Maybe it's not yours. But for me, that works. I left refreshed. I left hopeful. I went back to school, and I finished all my papers. Where do you hear God most clearly? Here's your homework assignment. Pick a path today 
and go walk on it. It's not rocket science. It's just God saying, I really want you to hear me. Turn down the noise and just listen. Can I tell you exactly what God is going to say to you today? He always starts the same way. I love you. You're mine. I sent the best I had to die for you so you could experience mercy and grace. I want nothing more than for you to hear me, and I'm talking all the time. So let's have a friendship, a relationship. Let's do life together. Can I tell you what he won't say? Richard, you need to pick up your game. Let's go. He will not say, you know what, I've just been rather sad and mad when it comes to you. I've never heard God say that, but that's what I thought he said my whole life growing up. He will not say, here's a list of to-dos, but he might say, here's a list of to-bees. Be my child. Be my son. Be my daughter. Be who I created you to be. Because that's who I cherish and desperately want to talk to. Let's pray. Father God, once again, we invite you to speak to us. And God, it doesn't come from a place of of demand. It's just, we just desperately want you to speak to us as your children. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear the sweet things you say. God, we want to open our Bibles and have the words jump off the page at us. Lord, we, we want to experience you in every moment of every day. So, Lord, we declare once again this week, as the family of God on this beautiful long weekend, we declare, your servants are listening, God. Help us to tune our ears. Let he who has ears, let him hear. God, we we desperately want to hear. So give us the passion. Give us the direction. Give us the hope to want to open our hearts and hear what it is that you have to say today. Lord, if we're stuck in a rut, give us the courage to step onto another pathway. Lord, if you just want us to sit still, give us the courage to just be in that moment. Father, help us never to neglect all of the ways that you already have spoken to us. Lord, would you give us a passion for the Word of God? Would you give us a passion to hear the Holy Spirit and the conviction and the encouragement that comes from Him? God, would you just open our hearts to all of the ways that you are whispering to your children and give us ears to hear? We will give you great glory and honor and praise as the God who speaks. Speak, Lord. And we pray these things in your beautiful, holy, creative name. And all God's people said, Amen.